Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. What a day. What a day it will be. We get to serve God. Uh, We get to serve with you. We get this connection. Thank God for that. We're continuing to move through the book of Proverbs. However, we took a little detour. Uh, A dear friend of ours, uh, my wife and mine, uh, son, who I met on many occasions. I thought he was a fine young man. I can't say I was his friend. I never really sat down and he, you know, I ate lunch with him once with a couple other kids. Thought he was a great young man. Talked to him for a little while, said hi. I thought he was a good young man. And he brought honor to his Lord, brought honor to his parents. And so we kind of turned in direction a little bit uh, to cover the five stages of grief from a biblical perspective. And so with that, before we get going on that, I want to pass this over to Kevin and we're, we're sharing funny missionary stories. That just seems to be working. So we're going to continue on. Brother Kevin, do you have one for us this morning? I believe I do. I, I'm thinking about uh, a dear friend, a, uh, <clears throat> a pastor, and uh, I'm going to call him Bob because I don't want to accidentally let his real name slip. Sure. <laughs> but uh, this, you know, uh, there are just, God calls some of the oddest ducks to the ministry. And, and he usually outfits them with a fair, uh, with about an acre of, I don't give a rip because they're just odd and they've got to have a, um, they've got to be able to just let it water off the ducks back. So uh, this guy here is, uh, I met him. I preached in his church. He took me on for support. Um, and the next time I went back to his church, or the t- I think it might have been two times later, um, I was down walking board with all the church's missionaries. And um, he met me at the door or met me. I came in the basement door, as I recall. But anyway, there's a multi-level church. And as I went in, he shook my hand and said, you know, hello, it's nice to have you. Do you live in the area? I said, no, sir, I'm a missionary. He said, oh, wonderful. Well, we're glad to have you. And I said, I said, yeah, I'm one of your church's missionaries. And he said, oh, who are you? And I introduced myself, Kevin Robb. And uh, Pastor Bob said, really? I didn't know that. I, I literally walked over to the mission board and pointed to my prayer letter. I said, that's me right there. <laughs> But, uh, but one of the, even to me funnier is the fact that this man had been, um, afflicted with a, a real bad sleeping disorder, real bad. And, um, he told me, uh, you know, that as time went on, when I would come back there, he would say, I'm going to be sitting in this place here because if I, I, I sometimes fall asleep during the, during the, during, you know, while someone else is preaching, and uh, I know a lot of people that fall asleep during the preaching, but he said, no, this is serious. He said, if I fall asleep, I'll fall into the pew in front of me. And, and I like, I'll, I'll wake up sister Jones or hit her on the back of the head with my head. And so he ended up sitting in a certain spot that caught him when he fell asleep for a guest speaker. But then he said this, he said, I've even fallen asleep, said he during my own preaching <laughs> I said, I, I just, I shrugged it off as like, <clears throat> okay, maybe evangelistically speaking, you know, he just kind of 
you know, pause for a second. Then within the year, I met a missionary. And this missionary said, do you know this brother? I said, yeah, I know Pastor Bob. He said, I visited his church and um, I didn't present my work. He preached and he fell asleep during his preaching. <laughs> I said, you, you've got to be kidding. I know. I, I said, he told me that he did that. And he said, and he described the process. He said, he uh, <clears throat> kind of lowered his head, you know, had his hand up in a motion and a gesture, lowered his head and didn't pick back up with the rest of the rest of the point. <laughs> I just said, you've got to be kidding. That's I've never seen it. So I haven't had the, the, the dubious distinction of doing that or even watching him doing that. But I just, I roared, I roared. And here's a guy that puts himself <laughs> to sleep while he's preaching. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of a hard distinction to have. So I'm glad you didn't share his name. And, uh, but, you know, folks, those are the people we run across. That's our lives. That's why we share funny missionary stories so that uh, you can know there's people out there who are real. And, uh, you know, this is life. This is how life works. So we started yesterday. Most of you remember, we started talking about a, a dear brother, Caleb Klingeman, uh, a young man, uh, parents, missionaries in Guam, living with his parents. He's an adult missionary to Guam, as far as I'm concerned, a serviceman center reaching out to the military and uh, Caleb uh, went to heaven. He, he got caught in a riptide or an undertow or whatever words we would use for them. And uh, uh, he was pulled underwater and he drowned. Uh, and, you know, they, they took him, you know, his father uh, went out there trying to rescue him, a United States Marine uh, veteran, and did everything he could. And his father took on water in his lungs and stuff. So we just decided to look at the stages of grief, not because we spoke to the Klingerman family and found out what stage they're in or where they're at, because honestly, there has been no stage talk or anything like that with the Klingerman family. But just being reminded by God uh, that there's young men like Caleb going to heaven, uh, our daughters and sons and mothers and fathers and grandmothers and grandfathers and best friends and so on and so forth. Uh, we're in this world and, you know, we're butter vapor. And uh, the Lord knows when we're going to stop breathing, when we're going to stop breathing. And we all have a time clock. And uh, uh, the only people that can change that biblically, we see in Ecclesiastes 7 that some people can kill themselves. And, and the Bible says, why shouldst thou go before their time? But for people who die of an, uh, an accident, like in Caleb's situation, that's the Lord calling him home. And, and so we started looking at these stages of grief. So that's my two cents on what we're talking about. And, and yesterday we spoke on grief and we spoke on denial and Kevin actually pretty much wrapped up denial. I just want to say a couple of things and we're going to pop right into anger, but denial will be our word of the day, like grief was yesterday. But, uh, so we know that denial is one of the, is part of the grieving process. We know that David, uh, despite being told of his son's death, you know, initially refused. He needed more proof. He needed to go through things. Denial's the real deal. And, uh, at some point it's the first stage of grief. And, uh, honestly, dear friends, it, it's real. It's real from a biblical yeah. uh, perspective. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's a real thing. Denial's there. Uh, it's something that goes on. You know, a psychiatrist many years ago before I was in psychology class in college, and I only took a couple. I'm a biblical counselor. Uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross uh, wrote on death and dying, and she specifically named uh, these five steps 
of grief. And from that, other people, as Kevin told us yesterday, have added to it, or some even have taken away. But we wanted to mention that yesterday. I think we handled it well. But just to say, denial is perfectly normal. Uh, as we go through that process, we need God's help to, to step on that next step and climb out of there. And, and, and God will do that for us. We see in 2 Samuel 18, we won't go to it, we talked about it yesterday, how, how God brought denial to an end in David's life. And, uh, and so we're going to stop denial there, still use it as a word, then we're going to go to anger, and then we'll go to one word a day again after this. And, uh, but anger, Kevin, we've, we've mentioned this as a word of the day probably three or four times in the past five or six months. And it's one of those things. Anger is a natural, natural part of the grieving process. Uh, for example, Job gets angry with God when he's dealing with that, when he's dealing with the anger thing. We, uh, he's because of the loss of his possessions, his family. You know, Job uh, comes you know, to a place of acceptance and confesses his faith. And God's sovereignty, I think, over there in, in chapter Job chapter 42, and uh, what a great place he came to. In Ephesians 4, uh, the, the Bible teaches us to be angry and sin not. Uh, so I, I think it's important to understand that we that anger from a perspective of loss is, is real. It's something that I've experienced when I lost my mom and things. I have no idea, as I mentioned yesterday, we have no idea when someone goes through something and they lose somebody very close, very special, very God-honoring. Uh, you know, everybody's different. Uh, don't ever make the mistake of saying, I know what you're going through because every God has a different trial in a different way for everyone. And uh, um, But we got to remember that anger is against God's will in our lives, and we've all been there. Uh, the Bible just encourages us to turn to God in times of anger, trust in his goodness and love, even when we don't understand the circumstances of our life. So, Kevin, this is what we're up against, and and I, what I may do is I may go to the radio station, cut off a little early, then come back with Kevin. But we're, we're up against uh, this wall where a trial comes into our lives, and this is... Uh, losing a loved one is obviously the greatest, most terrible, most wickedest trial uh, that we go through on this side of heaven before we get to heaven. And uh, boy, we we find ourselves where we're angry. And, and sadly, I've been there where I've been angry at God. I've been angry at myself. I've been angry at my family. I've been angry at, you know, you name it, I'm angry at it angry at my my mother's doctors when she went to heaven, angry at the care she hadn't received coming up to that, angry at my family for not quite understanding exactly how I'm feeling. And, and, and friends, let me tell you this. There can be two family members who are completely going through the same trial completely different because God has made us all different. So I want to say as we look at, at anger today and, and we look at the, you know, the control of what anger can do in our lives. Remember that. Remember that people can go through completely different things with the exact same trial. And uh, so, folks, just hang with us a minute. We're going to go ahead and we're going to let the radio stations do what they have to do. And we'll be back in about 15 seconds.
So Kevin, we we hop on and and boy, anger. It's uh it's something that's hard to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, <clears throat> the Bible says a, uh, you know, be be angry and sin not, and then it talks about their anger was cruel, their wrath was cruel. Speaking about uh, Reuben and some of those guys in the Old Testament that kills ended up killing somebody, but you know, it says with an angry man do not go. So there's there's ditches on the sides of the road here, or there's, you can say there's where we don't want to go with our anger. So anger is normal. Everything you said is normal. Uh, uh, the stages are normal. Denial is normal. G you know, Jesus, when he think about it, when he was born, um, it was told, you know, people, he, so he, he was born to die. And when he started his ministry, um, you know, he knew, uh, that he was going to die. And when he was headed to the cross, um, he still went through some human emotions because he was a hundred percent man yet without sin. He was a hundred percent God. So he didn't have sin, but he was a hundred percent man. He was the God man. He was perfect. But as he entered into the, um, the garden there, uh, actually as they were on their way to Jerusalem, it says that, um, as they were going, this is Mark 10 32, as they were in the way going up to Jerusalem and Jesus went before them and they were amazed and they were, as they followed, they were afraid. Okay. So the disciples knew something was up. They knew Jesus was saying he's going to go away. So the disciples are amazed. And then it says in, in the uh, four chapters later, and he taketh with him going into the garden of Gethsemane, Peter and James and John began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. So the same word is there amazed as thambeo and T-H-A-M-B-E-O. But that, that word has, you know, so we talk about amazing. It's always good in the way we talk about it. Wow, that's amazing. But but really, a lot of the times in the Bible, it's talking about being sore amazed. So in other words, something is over the top. And in this case, it's, it's this early stages of human grief because the disciples are saying, wow, this is really happening. It's real. He's going away. He's going to die. Something, something bad's going down. Jesus himself as a man, um, began to be sore, amazed and to be very heavy. And I just call that, that the, the, the denial and going into it. Now, Jesus did not go into grief. I mean, go into, excuse me, anger because he, he, he had, he had already accepted it. You know, he was through those stages as the God man, but really, you know, I'm just, I'm reminded of the fact that we don't want to stay in the stage of, of anger. So you can deny it, but once you slip over into feeling like, why is this happening? This shouldn't be happening. Yes, I knew it would happen someday. Death was going to come, but why now? Why is this taking place in my life? Ah, oh, I don't, you know, you talked about being angry, angry at God. I know I've been angry at God. You know, behold, uh, who was it in the Bible that said, behold, I thought, you know, that you would do this. I think it was Naaman was one of the people that said, behold, I thought uh, that you would shoot. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was Naaman, uh, uh, the Syrian general. I thought you, you know, I thought, Elisha, that you would, you know, wave your hand over the leprous spot. And you would do it this way, this way, this way. You didn't do it my way. You did it your way. And it, and it brought me a lot more grief than I expected. And it was very humiliating. So, you know, we don't want to stay in the place of anger. Anger is natural for us humans. We say, I knew this, I knew this was on the docket 
to to lose somebody. I knew my mother was going to die. I knew my dad was going to die. But here I am. It's happening or it's happened. And I as try as I might. I tried to deny it, but it's still here. Is that natural? Yes, it's natural for us to resent life when it stops. It's natural for for us to resent even the person that's going away. You can't go away. No, I won't let you. And to show even anger at the person who died or is dying. Um, why did you do this? Why why is this taking place? God, it shouldn't be this way. It's not supposed to happen this way. What's going down here? Yeah. It's natural. Yeah, that's that's perfect, brother. It's it's absolutely right. And I, I think what came to me, I was trying to in some way quantify what Kevin was just saying, that that we, we do get angry and and when terrible things happen, when uh, when things don't make sense. Years ago in Heidelberg, Germany, I was walking through a graveyard and it was a grave for a, a three-year-old boy back there and a young, a young boy named Hans. And I remember his grave well. Uh, because most graves in Germany, you just you just buy them for uh, ten or twenty years, and then they dig up the grave and reuse the casket and cremate the remains and use it for somebody else. And uh, many people just uh, believe in cremation in Europe. But anyway, I remember I came upon that grave, and it said Barum, uh, V-A-R-U-M, pronounced Barum, off Deutsch, and and that word means why. And uh, I looked at the dates of the little child being there, and the parents were at that point on the gravestone where they wrote, why? Why? Why is one of those tough questions? And it brings, it brings with us bitterness, bitterness, and it brings with it, you know, uh, there's anger and clamor and evil speaking and malice toward other people, towards God, toward us. It brings with it a whole host of things <clears throat> that, you know, puts it, gets in the way of our relationship with God. And folks, I'm ashamed to admit to you that I hoovered there for a while when my mom died, you know, the greatest person I ever know. I hoovered in that bitterness place in that <clears throat> where why mom, you know, this father who beat us, who never did a thing for us is running around on this earth, perfectly healthy. And, and, you know, at that time, Saddam Hussein was perfectly healthy and, and you can go through the list. So I was bitter. And then I remember one day I wrote a sermon to five, uh, five times that our Lord and savior got mad. And, uh, uh, and we know one of them was in the synagogue worshiping, uh, you know, um, and uh, over there in Mark three, four, somebody prioritized in religious ritual, oversaw human need and God had to square those things away. And, and then where he says, let little children come to me in Mark 10, but this is all righteous indignation. Every one of these is not prideful anger or this bitterness anger. And then the cleansing of the temple. We all remember the cleansing of the temple really well. Um, and, and then sickness and death are these times, um, where, you know, Jesus stood at his dear friend's grave. He was moved. And, and he showed a feeling of indignation, realizing that sin had caused all these things. And I remember preaching on that and thinking about these things. And Kevin, for me, for me, I, I lost, uh, I don't know how many months uh, with my walk with God, just being bitter and, and just not giving this up to God. Yeah. Yeah, I think 
the problem with any one of us is, you know, we get there and we just kind of, we engage our will with it. That's where Jesus didn't do it, right? Jesus disengaged his will and said, not my will, but thy will be done. But that's what, that was when he was, first of all, it's, it, it's in the same context of being that sore amaze, you know, like what in the world is happening? Huh? So he was able to bypass the anger stage uh, with, by, by disengaging his will, but our human will is so corrupt. Yeah. We will go. And like you said, hover there and, you know, just make it a, uh, a zone where we, where we try to find comfort in the anger and uh, thank God, brother Doug, just, just like you said, we get to the point where we're like, I don't want to stay here. I, this is, this anger is, it's, it's no fun. There's something wrong with it. And um, yes, the injustice I cannot correct. I do not like the fact that Saddam Hussein is still, you know, like you said at the time alive and, and my mother is gone. I can't change that. But you know what? I don't want to hang out in the in the anger zone, like yeah. you put it. I want to be in a uh, in a victory zone. So that's that's the, the desire I think of of anyone. We enter when we enter into this, you know, the classic Hollywood picture. You know, it's it's always an emotional time where there's a you know usually a girl crying. She lost something, and a guy is hugging her, and she is lashing out at him, pounding his chest, saying, "No, no, no! I hate you! I hate you! I hate you!" <laughs> And, and, and he just is right there with her. And, and I, if I can just make one more one, if I got a moment here, one more uh, thought yeah. when someone is in anger, we don't want to be that judgment zone. We don't want to be the one saying, Hey, snap out of it. Hey, don't do that. Only a close friend brother yeah. can go to someone and say, you've been here long enough. Come on out of it. But so many people try to correct, and we want to be the high holy priest and go to the person who's in anger and say, stop it. Don't do that. You don't have a right to do that. You still have three children left. You still, you know, why don't you? This is ungodly. That's the worst thing to do. And again, the stages of grief are to be affirmed by us fellow humans that they need to go through this. Let them vent. Let, let them pound your chest and say, it's okay. And then they'll want to come out of it like you did. Yeah, God can, God can bring us through. And uh, God will bring us through. And uh, we just, peace I give unto you. Not as the world give peace, Kevin. It's not that peace. It's uh, so much more than that. It's the peace that passeth all understanding. We sure do love you folks. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you out at Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page, uh, Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you. Please listen to every word Brother Eric's going to share with you about knowing for sure you're saved. May God bless you. And hey, we're that smile that only God can give you today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, 
and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.